Michael Knowles, weeknights at 11 on the Hill Country Patriot. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. That's exactly right. Thank you, Harley. Merry Christmas. Those Merry Christmas. Those are our jingle bells. <laughs> Yeah, 8.09 on the Bill and Allison Show. Welcome, welcome. Merry, yeah. Merry Christmas. We have a very special show today. Yeah. A very special show. Day before Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Eve show. So it's going to be It's going to be different. It's going to be a good news show. And uh, to in the spirit of Christmas, uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of interesting things about Christmas. And we're going to be talking to Santa Claus. Santa Claus will be coming up. An exclusive interview with Santa Claus. Boy, we were... Very fortunate to we certainly to, were to catch him on his uh, on his uh, missions around the world, uh, but we've got uh, oh we've got all sorts of things. But we always begin our show with a verse. We like to bookend our program with a verse from the Bible. This is from Isaiah nine, and we thought it was very appropriate. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And that was written centuries before Christ was born. Mm -hmm. One of the many prophecies of Christ in the Bible. Well, our temperatures, it is cold, as you know. Yeah, uh, actually, in our car, we have a nanny car. <laughs> it's, it's made in Sweden. It's a nanny car. Yeah. It's always telling us things. And wherever we are... And uh, we, we happen to live in Kerrville, but wh wherever we are, whether we're in Fredericksburg or Johnson City, it will say Johnson City, and it will say the temperature, and it will say, okay, for example, this morning it said Kerrville, 15 degrees, frigid. Yeah, frigid. <laughs> that's the, that sums it up very well. Um, yeah, it's uh, temperatures around the area are in the mid-teens. Uh, low, lowest uh, that I found is Junction at 12 degrees. And, uh, however, the good news is it's going to be above freezing today, according to the weather folks. Uh, it's going to be in the upper 30s and uh, maybe around 40, 41 in Junction. Junction gets the uh, prize oh. for being lowest and highest wow. in the area. Well, what, uh, what are Christmas Day temperatures? Do you have those? I don't have those. <laughs> no, why do you do this to me? <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look it up at the break and well, I'll let you know what Christmas Day temperatures to figure out what to wear. Is. Well, we have, a, we have our, <clears throat> our, excuse me, our weather person who tells us that 
okay. during the break. So I don't okay. I don't concern myself with things like that. Okay. All righty. Uh, we have some interesting things that have happened during uh, this time over the years in Texas. Uh, on this uh, in this week in 1860, Texas Rangers under the command of Lawrence S. Ross attacked a Comanche hunting camp, uh, and they were surprised to find one of their captives had blue eyes. It was a non-English-speaking white woman with her infant daughter, and the woman was Cynthia Ann Parker. She was captured by Comanche warriors uh, in 1836, and she was with them until 1860. Mm -hmm. Uh, She completely became part of the Comanche uh, culture, um, she didn't speak, uh, English, as I said, uh, she never got used to living in, in white society. She tried to escape several times to flee to her Comanche family, and I can understand that. She had a husband, well, a child. Well, wasn't, well, you said she had a, a girl child. I, th- I thought she was Quanah Parker's mother. Well, she, she did. She, she then had a son. Oh, okay. Quana, uh, Quana Parker. She, well, she had a girl and a, and a boy. Oh, okay. So. Quanah Parker was a noted Comanche chief, and uh, they were buried uh, buried together. So that was, uh, by the way, uh, last I have uh, I'm reading. I, I mentioned this last year about the same time, and our temperatures uh, around the area last last year at this time uh, probably Kirtle, about what 75, 62, <laughs> okay. Stonewall 59, Mountain Home 59, uh, Bernie 65. So yeah, that's a year ago. I just happened to have those temperatures. Also, uh, December uh, in December this week, in 1826, Benjamin Edwards and about 30 men rode into Nacogdoches and declared the Republic of Fredonia. <laughs> Fredonia. I don't know if you ever saw it. Allison, you've seen the movie with Peter uh-huh. Sellers, The uh-huh. Elephant Who Roared. I think that was the name oh, of it. Oh, was that the name of it? The Mouse Who Roared. The Mouse Who oh, Roared. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was Fredonia. They, okay. the, the plot was this tiny little country needed economic foreign aid. They thought the best way to get it would be to declare war in the United States. And <laughs> they sent like right. 10 soldiers to invade the United States knowing that they would lose and then they'd get foreign aid. <laughs> so it's a cool movie. It's a very funny movie. The Mouse that Roared. Anyway, uh, Fredonia uh, the declared independence from Mexico. Uh, they tried to get the Cherokees to help out, but it didn't work. Mexicans uh, took care of that very quickly. And uh, that was the story of the Republic of Fredonia. I wonder if the writer of The Mouse that Roared knew that that's where he got Fredonia I don't know I do not know 814 Hill Country Patriot time with Bill and Allison and it is Christmas that's our Christmas Eve show right Allison it is yeah we have a little uh, where are these around my neck uh, oh the the jingle bells make sure you wear them with Santa so so they're always always at hand okay all right always handy Always handy. There you go. Always handy. Well, very good. Do you want me to play a Christmas song? I think you should play a Christmas song. We'd all like anything to hear a in particular. Song. Uh, I'll tell you what. One of my favorites is uh, uh, <laughs> "Come All Ye Faithful." Or Christmas one, and Christmas two, Christmas three. No, none of those. No, the, the other ones. The other okay. ones to the okay. right. Um, okay, so oh, oh, holy night. Uh, no. Is that what you said? That's not what I said. What I said, say? come, oh, come all you faithful. Okay. And uh, I, this is by Mahalia Jackson. And uh, she was a fabulous, fabulous lady. Uh, she was an American gospel singer, uh, one of those influential vocalists of the 20th century. She had a 40-year career. Uh, she spread, spread gospel blues in black churches throughout the United States. 
Uh, of course, it's a time when racial segregation was pervasive in American society. Uh, she had tremendous success. Uh, she sold 22 million records. Uh, she, uh, she was the granddaughter of slaves, born and raised in poverty in New Orleans. Uh, but uh, she, she was converted by the Lord. She found a home in her church. And sh her purpose in life was to deliver God's word through song. Throughout her career, Mahalia Jackson faced intense pressure and lots of offers to record secular music, but she turned them all down because she wanted to concentrate on bringing the gospel to people. And interestingly enough, she was completely self-taught. She would never was, uh, took a music lesson in her life. She just had an instinct for music. Uh, and, uh, one of my absolute favorite, not only singers, but favorite people in the world. Uh, here's Mahalia Jackson. Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful, and triumphant. Oh, come, oh, come to bed. Above. No. 
wow, wow. There's not, <laughs> there's nothing to say after that. <laughs> that was Mahalia Jackson. Yeah, how, how do you follow up on that? <laughs> yeah, that was Mahalia Jackson. And what a marvelous lady. As I said before, the if you uh, didn't catch it uh, before the, the song, uh, she was entirely self-taught. Uh, she was one of, one of the most influential singers of the 20th century, and she turned down every high-paying offer to record secular music because she wanted to use her life as a ministry to spread the gospel. Mahalia Jackson, we honor her today. 821 is our Hill Country Patriot Time. You're with Bill and Allison. Well, you know, we are just talking about the weather earlier, and uh, this is from a meteorologist at Channel 10, KCAL, in Los Angeles. The winds will start being windy tomorrow. <laughs> you really said that? Yes. Whoa, whoa. Well, you know, uh, it's going to warm up today. It's going to get over freezing. If you had any pipes that froze, they're going to thaw out today, we hope. And then we're going to find out if we <laughs> have any broken Speaking personally, if we have any broken pipes. Uh, because uh, somebody, uh, that would be me, forgot to run the trickle of water. Even though I advised friends to do it. Uh, of course, you know, I didn't do it. But speaking of frozen pipes, it's a true story. John Porter, well, you know this story, don't you, Allison? I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I think you're, you're the one who gave it to me. Uh, it's under Christmas Stories with John Porter from New York had his pipes freeze one winter. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the rest of that story, Allison? Okay, in order to um, thaw out his pipes, he backed his car up to an open window so the exhaust would warm up the house. A little while later, he, he his wife and their three children had to be rushed to the hospital suffering from carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> So don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> he backed his car up to an open window so the exhaust would warm up the house. Mm-hmm. As you do. As you do. Yeah, really. Ooh, is that Mahalia? Or no. no. That, uh, <laughs> what's her name? It sounds like Mariah. Uh, Mariah. Well, close. That's Mariah Carey at 823 on the Bill and Allison Show. Well, I'll tell you what. When we come back... We're going to answer the question, You should add, should you add bleach, aspirin, or fertilizer to Christmas tree water to make them last longer? You'll get the answer when we come right back. All right. Santa Watch is proudly presented to all the girls and boys of the Hill Country by the Ranch Radio Marketing Group and 5D Steakhouse in Kerrville. This is Santa Watch 2022. Early this morning at the North Pole, Operation Airlift began. Santa is now airborne with over 320,000 tons of gifts heading worldwide. If you missed the official takeoff, oh, it sounded like this. Five, four, three, two, one, five. And the slope is airborne. Into the sky. Santa is traveling now at a record breaking 650 miles per second. That was what it sounded like earlier this morning from the runway, the North Pole. Now, according to NORAD, Santa has already made stops in Russia, Samoa, Antarctica, New Zealand, Fiji, and the Solomon Islands. How does it feel to be flying so far so fast? We make a direct connection to St. Nick and his sleigh on our next episode. From the North Pole Flight Command, this is Santa Watch. Maybe you didn't know, but by the time I get to the Texas Hill Country, I'm starving. I mean, milk and cookies only take you so far. That's why I drop into the new 5D Steakhouse in Kerbin. 
Bill for a quick meal. It's easy to find just off I-10 in Sydney Baker. And here's a little inside Santa info. I love the 5D Steakhouse Honey Chipotle Chicken Tenders. It's cold up there, you know. Nothing to drink, though, because I'm flying that night. To eat where I eat, just grab your elves. Is that a short joke? And stop into 5D Steakhouse. Rarely this well done. The Thin Blue Line Foundation needs your help to support their first annual Christmas with Christ event on Christmas Eve from 4.30 until 7.15. This night of celebration is to assist the less fortunate in our area. They're looking for donations of new unwrapped toys, food, drinks, and Visa and Walmart gift cards. To see how you can help, please call 830-992-0353. 830-992-0353. The song Silent Night is known world over. One night during World War I, the song was responsible for a one-night truce. As German soldiers sang it in the trenches, the British soldiers could hear it and began to sing along. Soon, the nearby French soldiers joined in. The soldiers from both sides ventured out of their foxholes. The men, realizing that they all had something in common, had a one-night truce. And for just a moment, peace on earth for men of goodwill. Another fun fact about Christmas from the Ranch Radio Group. The Armed American Show, Sunday night at 7. Cool high pressure is in place over the hill country, so we get fair weather today. Our afternoon highs about 40 at Ingram, Junction 45 and 42 at Bernie. Clear and chilly for the overnight hours. We'll drop into the upper teens, and then Christmas Day looks sunny and a little bit warmer. Our high going up to about 50. We're back up to 60 by Monday. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Ho, ho, Merry Christmas from Bill and Allison. Merry Christmas. We're going to have Santa, an exclusive interview with Santa coming up. So state got to stay with us for that. You know, I noticed, Allison, during the break, they talked about a uh, uh, tracking Santa. NORAD is tracking Santa. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's an interesting backstory about that, how that ever came about. Uh, in December of 1955, a department store had a newspaper ad telling children they could call Santa and gave the department store's phone number. But there was a typo in the ad. Instead of putting in the store's number, they published North American Aerospace Defense Command's number. Oh, no kidding. That's how NORAD... No kidding. And so NORAD was flooded I with calls... I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. NORAD was flooded that's, with calls from children. Story. That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to talk to Santa. I wanted to know what's going on. So NORAD, NORAD to their credit, played along... Started the Santa Tracker program and telling children to call this number at NORAD. And uh, the, the organization, ever since 1955, NORAD has assigned a colonel to answer calls Aww. every Christmas. A colonel, no less. <laughs> and, and they're still getting them. They're still getting them. Yeah. They're still, they're, it's Santa Tracker program. Well, it, it was on the news just now. The Santa Tracker program. Isn't that great? Yeah, I had no idea. About That's great. That. Okay, okay, I want to play my, this is my favorite Christmas song. Okay. How many times can I play it during our show? Uh, twice. <laughs> one, one per hour is plenty. But uh, don't you have something on, uh, speaking of Santa, why women uh, would love to be Santa Claus? Well, I was going to play my, play my song first. Okay. Okay, this is, this is by Mariah Carey, whose uh, voice range 
is five octaves. Five. And any of you who know anything about music knows how incredible that is. I mean, I, I think I can barely do one. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, not she, sure if I can do one. She can she, do five octaves. According to a recent survey, um, she is the most popular singer among dogs. <laughs> As I'm sure everybody knows, that's Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas. 
is you. And that song makes every single year in residuals $6 million. And Mariah herself makes $1.5 million every Christmas. By, by recording a song years yeah, ago. How about that? How about nice, that? nice. Well, I promise, we promise that you're going to get uh, some the answer to the question, should you add bleach, aspirin, fertilizer, something like that, to Christmas trees to make them last longer? They even... So they try to sell it's you little packets of stuff. Little packets of stuff. Well, the National Christmas Tree Association says no, no. It says it can harm the tree. It can can cause needle loss. Any additives or other hacks? They say do not do that. Just use plain tap water. So there, there. You heard it here first. Okay. Well, I've never heard of adding bleach. I mean, that sounds like a bad thing. Well, you think, but they, some people do. Okay. Well, okay. well. Speaking of Christmas trees. Uh, Allison, do you know what the percentage of people, do, more people, do more people buy artificial trees or do they buy live trees? Well, I would assume they buy live trees. Well, you would, you would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Only 19% people offer a real tree. 81% of Americans who buy Christmas trees use an artificial tree. Hmm. And speaking of artificial trees, uh, the Addis Brush Company. Got a patent for the aluminum tree in 1950. And we had an aluminum tree when I was a kid. Oh, we did too. Did you too? Yeah. Oh, and with a l- colored light on it? Colored light with on the tor- it. The twirl around. Yes, you had that too? I didn't <laughs> Absolutely. know Absolutely. Well, I actually have a story about that. My parents, you know, because it, it was cool to have this aluminum tree and then this colored light shining on it that, uh, okay, it was a flood. It, fl- it, was it a twir- fl- twirled around. Floodlight with a with this disc in front of it that had, you know, several different plastic uh, pieces that were different colors, and so when it twirled around and behind the uh, in front of the floodlight, it would uh, the aluminum tree would be blue and purple and green and red and yellow, and it's a very pretty cool. It was very popular at the time. I don't know; it still probably isn't popular now. I haven't seen it in a long time. I haven't either. But anyway, <laughs> so my parents to hide the color called the color wheel. Okay, now I remember what it was. To hide that, they put it behind a sofa. They put the tree in, in, to the side of the sofa, and they put the color wheel behind the sofa. Okay, well, somehow the sofa it was it was on a wood floor, and somebody got up or whatever, and the sofa moved, and stopped the color wheel. <laughs> and behind this hot floodlight, the plastic melted and set the sofa on fire. This is at your house. This is at my house. <laughs> When, yes. you're a, when you're a kid, and when I was a kid, <laughs> yes. So on Christmas Day or whenever it was, I guess it was Christmas Day. I I come. I'm in the living room, and I run to my parents. I mean, the sofa's on fire. The drapes are, are starting to. Oh my gosh! And they wouldn't believe me. I said, "The house is on fire." The house. Is on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like eight years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they smelled the smoke. No, no, they got it out. I, my dad had a fire extinguisher, so we got it, got it out. Oh, but, that's uh, a good thing. Yeah, it could have been horrible. Yeah. Gonna burn your house down. Yeah. <laughs> well, Santa is coming coming on our program. Molly got run over by a reindeer. Coming home from Nancy Pelosi's. Y'all might see a fearless female leader, but all I see is a typical drag queen. She was at a Christmas party with Michelle Obama and Bill Gates. When Paul Pelosi gave her eggnog, she was back out on the streets like 98. 
wobbling on the sidewalk. Donner and Blitzen coming fast. They plowed right through her like a freight train and put her on her big self-righteous ass. So Kamala got ran over by a reindeer coming home from Nancy Pelosi's. Y'all might see a fearless female leader all I see is a typical drag queen. The Secret Service didn't help her, and Santa covered up his tracks. The liberals charged him with manslaughter, but Supreme Court said that Santa gets a pass. <laughs> they found a present on the sidewalk, it must have come from Santa's sleigh. It said, America, you're welcome. It's the gift that keeps on giving Christmas Day. So Kamala got run over by a reindeer. Coming home from Nancy Pelosi's. Y'all might see a fearless female leader. But all I see is a typical drag queen. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, Buddy Brown, that's Buddy Brown. Yeah, Buddy Brown singing about Santa Claus, <clears throat> and I I want to tell you, I have a list of reasons why women would love to be Santa Claus. Women would love to be Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Be why, Santa Claus. Why would women love to be Santa Claus? You'd never be expected to make the coffee. There'd be no more early morning decisions about what to wear to the office. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. You could grow a gut the size of Guam and consider it a job requirement. <laughs> Although, I, I mentioned the other day, um, we were in Turkey, which is a Muslim country, uh, several years ago in Jan early January, and uh, they still had a lot of Christmas decorations up, and they also had a lot of Santas, and their Santas were all skinny. <laughs> That's true. They were. Uh, okay. This is <clears throat> continuing the list of why women women would love to be Santa Claus. Buy one big black belt and you'd be accessorized for life. There'd be no reason to have your colors done. Everyone would be extremely nice to you, even if you weren't. Some people suggest your belly jiggled when you laughed like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> you would hit them with your purse. <laughs> you'd always work in sensible footwear as opposed to women who wear six-inch stilettos to the office. <laughs> There'd be no need to play office politics. A hearty ho-ho-ho would recommend remind everyone who's boss. You wouldn't need to buy an expensive briefcase. Just a reminder, this is these are re reasons that uh, why women would love to be Santa Claus. No one would dare ask for a ride to work. You'd never again have to wear pantyhose or worry about your slip showing. <laughs> no more no more trips to the vending machine. You just snack on milk and cookies all day for free. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You'd never be asked to take an early retirement package. Juggling work and family would be a breeze because your children would adore you. <laughs> Even your teenagers would want to sit in your lap. You'd be guaranteed the best chair in the office. Age discrimination wouldn't be an issue. You'd never grab the wrong coat on your way out the door. No one would ever ask to see your job description. 
And those are reasons why women would love to be Santa Claus. I would think they would. For the, Actually, for those reasons, they would. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, I have some things here for you. Lots of Christmas uh, stuff. Uh, what have we... Oh, yes. <laughs> actually, this, this is uh, more of a, uh, a sweet story. Uh... This is from Elaine Sherry of New Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. She said, Ice and snow pelted the window of the office where I was working. As the wind howled, I wondered how I would get home. The 12-mile route took me up and down steep hills and around treacherous turns. I whispered a prayer for safety. My old green blazer was doing well over the ice-crusted roadway, dodging the snowdrifts. But as I ascended one of the steepest and scariest hills, I noticed the tires were slipping, and my trusty SUV was having difficulty climbing the grade. I decided it was time to switch to four-wheel drive. I pulled the lever back just like my husband had taught me. Slowly, the tires gripped the road and the top of the hill, but at the crest, the vehicle just stopped. I pushed and pulled the lever. Nothing happened. I was stuck. Snow and ice pellets swirling around. Now what? I had seen no one on this lonely stretch of road. I silently asked, prayed that someone might come to help. After a few minutes, an old rattling pickup truck pulled up. A smiling young man I'd never seen before in our small rural community rolled down his window and asked if I needed help. I assured him I did. He stepped into the wintry madness, showed me how to maneuver the four-wheel drive shifting gear, looked locked in into place. In no time, I had the blazer moving toward home. When I thanked him and asked if he lived around the area, he just said, oh, over yonder. Do I now believe in angels? You bet I do. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? Great story. Well, you're with Bill and Allison, and... Uh, Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve, and let's see where we're at. We are at 8.42. My phone clock just went off, so <laughs> I'm, I'm having trouble with it. Well, I, it's not I, even working I, now. I know what time oh, there it is. There we go. Eight forty. Yeah, you know uh, what... Well, do you not want to know what the top five Christmas movies are? What are the top five Christmas movies? Home Alone, which I've never seen. Okay. <laughs> Jingle All the Way. I don't even know that one. <laughs> The Santa Claus. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Which apparently is the most popular Christmas movie among Texans. <laughs> and really? dumb, dumb and Dumber. Is that even a Christmas movie? Honestly, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Wow. Have you? Uh, I've seen Dumb and Dumber. Oh, you have? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's Where pretty was funny, I? Where was I? Uh, <laughs> do you have to be with me to see every movie I see? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. The most popular Christmas movie is in Texas is The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's wild. That is absolutely wild. I know. Uh, you're going to play some Christmas music, Allison, are you not? Um, it's beginning to I've look got... a lot like Christmas. Every yes, I'm playing some Christmas music right now. Oh, wonderful. Did you want to add something? Uh, Did you want to I've add got a lot to talk about for Christmas music, but not for that one. Okay. It's beginning to look a lot like... Well, we're Will and Allison, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you which country has a Christmas dinner tradition of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Santa Watch is proudly presented to all the girls and boys of the Hill Country by the Ranch Radio Marketing Group and 5D Steakhouse in Kerrville. This is Santa Watch. 2022. Early this morning at the North Pole, Operation Airlift began. Santa is now airborne with over 320,000 tons of gifts heading worldwide. 
If you missed the official takeoff, it sounded like this. Five, four, three, two, one, five. And the slope is airborne. On trail as they rocket into the sky. Santa is traveling now at a record-breaking 650 miles per second. That was what it sounded like earlier this morning from the runway the North Pole. Now, according to NORAD, Santa has already made stops in Russia, Samoa, Antarctica, New Zealand, Fiji, and the Solomon Islands. How does it feel to be flying so far so fast? We make a direct connection to St. Nick in his sleigh on our next episode. From the North Pole Flight Command, this is Santa Watch. Hear the great American, Billy Cunningham, Sunday night at 9. Cool high pressure is in place over the hill country, so we get fair weather today. Our afternoon highs about 40 at Ingram, Junction 45 and 42 at Bernie. Clear and chilly for the overnight hours. We'll drop into the upper teens, and then Christmas Day looks sunny and a little bit warmer. Our high going up to about 50. We're back up to 60 by Monday. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Bill and Allison, and uh, we thank you for joining us on this beautiful Christmas Eve. Crisp Christmas Eve, I might add. Uh, I was talking about uh, which country is Kentucky Fried Chicken a Christmas dinner tradition? And the answer, believe it or not, is Japan. <laughs> in Japan. In the early 1970s, the manager of the first Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, restaurant in the country had an idea. People were trying to find alternatives to turkey for the holidays. Apparently, they couldn't find much turkey in Japan. So he marketed a fried chicken party bucket with the slogan, Kentucky is Christmas. (laughs) It took off. It hasn't slowed down since. Christmas in Japan now accounts for a third of KFC's annual sales worldwide. Wow, no Christmas in Japan. And uh, I mentioned that, we mentioned that the other day to someone, uh, and she knew all about it. She lived in Japan and said, yeah, that's, that's real popular in Japan. Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> now, my, my family Christmas tradition is lox and bagels. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. No kidding. It is. That's a Jewish dish. It, it is. Oh, I love lox and bagels. It is. And well, and and when you met me, you you were introduced to the, to that to my family tradition. That was. Yeah. And I I grew up I in oh, su- right. southern southern Ohio where there there was no no lox and no bagels and no Jews. Um. But my godmother was Jewish, and she lived in Pittsburgh, and she Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I should clarify, since there's a Pittsburgh in Texas. Yeah, um, she lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she would always bring us lox and bagels. Oh, so, cool. so I grew up eating that on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think I didn't have them until I'd forgotten that that was your Christmas family Christmas tradition. Right. I don't think I ever had lox and bagels until I met you. Right, because oh, I. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I was born in Texas, born in Delhart, and uh, lived there for a while, and then my parents kidnapped me and took me to uh, Illinois, but uh, we don't have locks and bagels in Delhart, nor in uh, <laughs> Il- northwest Illinois, in Moline, right. Illinois. We right. Locks and bagels right. there. So anyway. Oh, we were talking about uh, Christmas trees and uh, what percentage of people have a har- buy artificial trees, which is like 80-some percent, as I, as I said. And I mentioned the aluminum tree that my, our parents had, your parents, mm-hmm. my parents, very mm-hmm. popular. Well, that came from uh, a company, got a patent for the aluminum Christmas tree in 1950. Hmm. Uh, it was the Addis Brush Company, Addis 
Brush Company. Uh, and they invented the first artificial aluminum tree using the same equipment they used to create their signature product, a toilet brush. <laughs> no kidding. True story. No kidding. True story. Next time you see the aluminum tree. <laughs> think, think about toilets. <laughs> think about toilets. Oh, that reminds me of something. i got to find something. You know, that does remind me. Uh, oh, yeah. Think about this the next time you kiss under the mistletoe. <laughs> mistletoe means dung, D-U-N-G, dung on a twig in Anglo-Saxon. And it spreads through bird droppings. So next time you kiss under the mistletoe, remember that. No. no, so don't get too close to it. No, really, really. No, I've got all sorts of all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, the worst, richest person in the world, Forbes magazine. Not Elon Musk, Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Forbes calculated Santa Claus's net worth. They figure he's worth about infinity to pull off everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> the richest person in the world. Oh, gee. Anyway, look, well, I got I got so many of these Christmas things. Uh, it's really really funny. Oh, how about if I play a song? Oh yeah. Okay. What are you Well, this is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, as you probably know. The first stanza describes the good news of the Savior's birth. God has sent the one who will reconcile the sinner back to himself. All the nations should rise and sing and proclaim the good news, which is Christ the King. The next stanza of Christ's coming and the good news in it. The final stanza tells of the accomplishment of Christ and the power that it brings. For well over 200 years, Hark the Herald Angels Sing has been a gospel-saturated anthem pointing people to the Savior, loaded with rich theology. By the way, the angel's name is not Harold. <laughs> it's Harold is simply an old word for a messenger.
Mark the Herald Angels sang, and it's uh, listen to those words, read the read the lyrics. It's rich with Christian theology. Mm-hmm. Do you know when the first observation of um, Christmas was? Mm, it was a December twenty fifth of some year. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Although I, th- I think that date is just sort of made up. I, I I think we actually believe that that Christ was actually probably born in the spring. Correct, but but for some reason or other, December twenty fifth. Well, there there wouldn't be was, shepherds watching their flock at the end of December. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. That's, that's true. That's what, that, that's what that's based on. Um, and as we learned, as I mentioned earlier, we were in Turkey, and you always think about that part of the world. Uh, you know, and people in the Bible, you know, you see them wearing flowing robes and stuff like that. So, so you think it's always hot over there, but when we were in Turkey. It was it was cold. Yeah, very true. Uh, anyway, the the uh, first uh, observation of um, D- December twenty fifth as Christmas uh, was the Christian Church in Rome commemorated the Feast of the Nativity in three thirty six A D. Oh, so Christmas wasn't celebrated until three hundred years after Christ. Mm-mm. Wow, no, not at all. And do you know wh- when did Christmas become a national holiday? You mean in the United States? No, I don't. Okay. On June 24, 1870, President Ulysses S. Grant signed a proclamation declaring December 25th a national holiday. So even during the Civil War, Christmas was not a national holiday. Then. No. Wow. I wow. didn't realize that. 8.56, Hill Country Patriot Time. You're with Bill and Alice in our special Christmas Eve show. And we've got all sorts of interesting things. I have a little Christmas joke for you, Allison. <laughs> Just oh. before Christmas... An honest politician, and don't laugh at that. We have many friends who are honest politicians. An honest politician, well, actually, we have friends who are politicians. Just before Christmas, an honest politician and Santa Claus got in an elevator. They noticed a $100 bill lying on the floor. Which one do you think the honest politician or Santa Claus picked up the $100 and gave it to charity? The answer is Santa, of course. The other one doesn't actually exist. <laughs> little Christmas humor for you. little Christmas humor. It's see, see I, I laugh in advance at Bill's jokes because I've heard them all before. You haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I have, too. Really? <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, okay. All right. You know, we're talking about uh, how cold it is outside, and we've got these temps, but they are going to be in the uh, upper 30s and uh, possibly lower 40. 41 is uh, predicted for junction and... Uh, uh, around the area but uh anyway it's going to be over finally over freezing so we're going to find out if our pipes broke yeah. you know if you if you didn't uh if you turned on the faucet and couldn't get anything come out uh your pipes froze and uh hopefully they they didn't break yeah, and, here, and uh, here in the studio it's weatherized the door is standing open oh, where, yeah. where there's some yeah. water yeah. equipment uh true story Oh, you have that true story. Allison, why don't you look for it? Uh, it's uh, right below that um, guy who opened his car window to, uh, I mean, opened it, the house window and backed up his car <laughs> car to the house to warm up the house with the car exhaust and had to go to the hospital. We read that earlier. Okay. Uh, but <clears throat> One freezing winter morning, George Gibbs of Columbus, Ohio, was unable to start his car. So he diagnosed the problem as a frozen fuel line which he thought he could correct by running warm gasoline through it. So, How do you get warm gasoline? <laughs> well, he put a two-gallon can of gas 
on the stove in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, oh. as you can guess, it did not go well. <laughs> oh my! Kind of, jo- well, it's, jo- George was treated for second degree burns. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> yeah, I, really. I would think uh, you know I would, that that's that's called cleansing the gene pool right there <laughs> of idiots. Oh. When we come back in a second hour, we have an exclusive interview with Santa Claus. You yes, will not want to miss. He's he's a very funny guy. And and more music. Yeah. Oh, well, lots more lots more Christmas music, and uh, so Santa will be with us. And uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, or we're going to tell you, mistletoe ber- mistletoe berries. Are they edible or not? Well, I said they're. Uh, they mean uh, dung on a stick and in Anglo-Saxon. And we will be right back. <laughs> KRNH HD2, Kerrville, K271CH, Fredericksburg, K2A2BI, Kerrville, the Hill Country Patriot. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. We are indeed Bill and Allison. Kind of getting our act together here. <laughs> Putting my headphones on backwards. <laughs> well, okay. How in that case? How about I play a Christmas song? Well, I've got uh, some interesting, uh, interesting information about Christmas songs. Uh, do you have one in particular you want to play, Allison? Yeah, I was going to play. I'm, I'm looking for it. I can't okay. Find it. Well, what what do you want to play? And I'll tell you where it is on the board. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, oh, it, oh, never mind. Never mind. Here, here it is. Okay. This is a, a a beautiful Christmas song. Beautiful music. Sure is. It was written by written, written by um, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. He he wrote the. the but this is the Christian version mm-hmm. of Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. But he wrote the tune and.
lovely song, isn't it? Beautiful melody. Isn't it beautiful. And that's the Christian version of yes. Hallelujah. Exactly. Oh, so beautiful, beautiful song. 9-11 is our Hill Country Patriot time. You're with Bill and Allison. And it's going to be warming up today. It's going to be yeah. over-freezing. We're going to break the freezing <laughs> mark. Uh, coming up in a little while is our exclusive interview with Santa Claus. That's right. So it's got to be. And he, he's a very funny guy. Yes, I mean, he, yes, he, he really is. made, well, he made a jolly. Jolly. Oh, that's right. That's the word. That's the word. Well, did, did you know that according to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, both male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer every year? Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Um, male reindeers drop their antlers at the beginning of the winter, usually late November. Uh, but female reindeer <clears throat> retain their antlers until they give birth in the spring. Therefore, according to every historical rendition depicting Santa's reindeers, every single one of them had to be a girl. <laughs> oh, no kidding. So Donner and Blitzen and Rudolph, Rudolph uh-huh. they're all women? We should what have, women? We should, we should <laughs> define a woman, by the way. <laughs> we should have known. See, I wasn't wrong by saying woman because nobody can define it. <laughs> we, we should have known only women would be able to drag a fat man in a red, red velvet suit all around the world in one night and not get lost. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> do you know the origin of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I have no idea. It's a poem, I suppose? Or? Okay. Well, in, in at the beginning of the holiday season in 1938 in Chicago, um, Bob May was not feeling much comfort or joy. Um, he was a 34-year-old ad writer for Montgomery Ward, um, he was exhausted and nearly broke, and his wife was bedridden and dying. So Bob was looking after their four-year-old daughter, Barbara. And what? One night, the little girl asked her father, "Can you get through this? You want me to read it?" Yeah. You want me to seriously? You want me to read it? All right. <laughs> I, think so. I think so. I can't. Where is it? One, one, one night. One night, Barbara asked her father, "Why isn't my mommy like everybody else's mommy?" As see, he struggled see, at, home, answer, at home, I can read this just fine. <laughs> as he struggled to answer his daughter's question, Bob remembered the pain of his own childhood. A small, sickly boy, he was constantly picked on and called names, but he wanted to give his daughter hope and show her that being different was nothing to be ashamed of. More than that, he wanted her to know that he loved her and would always take care of her. So he began to spin a tale about a reindeer with a bright red nose who found a special place on Santa's team. His daughter loved the story so much that she made her father tell it every night before bedtime. As he did, it grew more elaborate. Because he couldn't afford to buy his daughter a gift for Christmas, Bob decided to turn the story into a homemade picture book. In early December, Bob's wife died. Though he was heartbroken, he kept working on the book for his daughter. A few days before Christmas, he reluctantly attended a company party at Montgomery Ward. His co-workers encouraged him to share the story he'd written. After he'd read it, there was a standing ovation. Everyone wanted copies of their own. Montgomery Ward bought the rights to the book from their debt-ridden employee, Bob. Over the next six years at Christmas, they gave away six million copies of what became known as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to shoppers. Every major publishing house in the country was making offers to obtain the book. In an incredible display of goodwill, the head of the department store returned all rights to Bob May. Wow, Montgomery Ward. Four years later, Rudolph had made him into a millionaire. And, uh, but there was more to come. His brother-in-law was a successful songwriter named Johnny Marks. 
set the story to music. And they pitched pitched it artists from Bing Crosby on down, but they all passed on the on the song. Finally, Marx approached Gene Autry, and uh, Autry was not impressed about with the song, but uh, he played it for his wife, and she was so touched by the line they wouldn't let poor Rudolph play in any reindeer games that she insisted Gene Autry record the tune. Within years, it had become the second best-selling Christmas song ever, right behind White Christmas. And of course, we all know the. The story about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, dreamed up by a man who wanted to entertain his child, immortalized in song. Uh, as last line of the song says, he'll go down in history. And we have a rendition. Rudolph the Red-Nosed this is Burl I singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him. As they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you go down in history. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Well, I think we know that song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but you, I bet you didn't know the backstory, which uh, oh. was uh, fascinating. I did not know. A man wanted to comfort his child, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where it, I was impressed with how Montgomery Ward. I know, I gave, was too. Uh, gave, bought bought the book, gave gave it to you know, thousands of gave it customers, shoppers. and then gave him the rights to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a company. What yeah. a company. Sorry, they're not still around. Nine eighteen is our Hill Country Patriot time. You're with Bill and Allison. Coming up is Lor- is, is Santa Claus. Santa Claus will be with us. Uh, you may be familiar with the song "Mary, Did You Know." It's a fairly contemporary Christmas song. Yes. Uh, and uh, we have a, a little take on a little a di- slight, slightly different slightly version. different version of "Mary, Did You Know." Did you know that your policies would drive us underwater? Biden, did you know that your policies would trans our sons and daughters? Did you know that your policies will punish what is true? The church that you subscribe to does not subscribe to you. Biden, did you know? Oh, 
did you know that your baby boy made shady deals in Ukraine? Biden, did you know that your baby boy loves Parmesan and cocaine? Did you know that you shouldn't touch these women like you do? When you sniff that little girl's hair, it's borderline me too. The war will cease, the debt increase, and the dead. Biden, did you know that your policies would one day rule the nation? Did you know that your policies make Herod's reign seem bland? One day you'll have to answer to the great Biden, did you know that was my idea two years ago? Okay, now because I'm a Christian, I can't sue you, but I really want to. And because I'm a Christian, I also have to forgive you. But you've done this so many times. I think this, this? if I add up how many times you've ripped me off, I think it's 70 times seven. So I still got to forgive you. So yeah, I forgive you, but I'm very unhappy and I just wanted to make a public record of it. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for caller. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's enough of that. Uh, that's uh, it is 9:22 in the morning on uh, Christmas Eve morning. And uh, Allison, could you cut that, please? Please. Could you cut the song, please? I depend on you. It's done. It's done. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've got so much stuff here. It's hilarious. Oh, speaking of songs, uh, the Jewish people view Jesus Christ as a historical figure, of course, not the savior of mankind. However, Jewish composers have penned about half of the top 25 best-selling Christmas songs of all time. Hmm. Jewish composers wrote Let It Snow, Let It Snow, The Christmas Song, Silver Bells, Baby It's Cold Outside, and the most popular Christmas song of all time, White Christmas, was penned by a Jewish composer. And also a little factoid, Nazis celebrated Christmas. Put their own little twist on it. (laughs) Uh, They they, uh, hung replica grenades and machine guns on their Christmas trees, and they used the swastika as a tree stopper. We don't uh, don't do that anymore. (laughs) We never did it, actually. Oh, golly. 
Okay, well, well, well en route to, to a concert in Boston, uh, singer Beyonce made a pit stop at a Massachusetts Walmart mm-hmm. to make Christmas that much brighter for a bunch of shoppers. She gave Beyonce gave out gift cards to each shopper in the store, totaling roughly $37,500 so they could buy gifts for their friends and families. No kidding. Beyonce did that. She did. Well, you don't hear that. hear that celebrities doing stuff like that very often. No, you don't. Most celebrities are too impressed with themselves to, to do something as, as charming as that. So kudos to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Uh, well, I, on, a, on a similar note, uh, a fellow named Dave Grinstead from Bellingham, Washington, he said, uh, at Christmas time, our family was on the way from Seattle to a new assignment on the East Coast, and we checked into a motel in Watertown, South Dakota. And he said, uh, but my kids were concerned about Santa being able to find us. Uh, so he said, we went, and he said, I couldn't uh, really reassure them that Santa, you know, well, Santa can find anybody, you know, any place. But he said they really weren't buying it. And so he said, uh, we went into uh, town to find a store, uh, and uh we pulled up to an intersection, and there was Santa in the crosswalk. The guy, Santa Claus, he held up his hand for us to stop. We rolled down our windows. He poked his head through a window and said to our kids, Oh, there you are. I was wondering where I'd find you tonight. Isn't that something? He says the kids were thrilled. Uh, they made sure they told Santa which motel we're staying so he could find them. Uh, and uh, whatever it was, you know, maybe it was the out-of-state license plate, Whatever it was, that Santa really made that Christmas one they never forgot. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's a wonderful story. Yeah, absolutely great. Oh, 925 is our Hill Country Patriot. Time you're with Bill and Allison on our special Christmas Eve show. We couldn't we couldn't resist throwing in a little little bit of politics there, but that's all that's all we've got. And we've got uh, what Santa coming up after the break? Is that Allison? We do, we do. Just we after the break, yeah. We 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 talk to Santa Claus. We will talk. We have an exclusive interview with Santa Claus coming up after the break. So stay tuned to Bill and Allison. We'll be right back. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Well, the weather certainly has been frightful the past couple days. <laughs> song says it's christmas eve and we're talking to santa claus oh 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 hi santa hi santa how are you young people have christmas cheer i'm bringing that to the world (laughs) and and i'll i'll bet you i'll bet you're really busy today it's christmas eve and you, you have a whole lot to do today, a lot of miles to cover. Oh, you wouldn't believe the miles. <laughs> I have nine, 99 million miles I'll traverse <laughs> on this one day all over the world, visiting yeah. 800 million children 
probably 200 million houses uh, going around the world many to many times. Wow. But it's Christmas spirit that motivates me. Oh. Oh, well, you know, in, in your sleigh, all, all those way, all that way in your sleigh? It's getting some miles on it, I must say, but it's lasted me for a long, long time. Is it? Is it? How is it powered? Is it jet powered, or or do you have propellers? Oh, maybe or? it's maybe it's electric. Propellers? No, you wouldn't think of that. It's reindeer. That's the only thing. Oh, oh it's not. Do. It's not an electric sleigh then. No, it is not an electric. We have, well, Rudolph's nose looked electric at one point, but. But no, it's it's not electric. It's oh my God! Natural natural things. Oh good, good. Power, 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 radio. radio power. Wow. Well, I I do have a question. This year, in your calculations, are there more naughty children or more nice children? Well, there's been an upswing in the naughty children. Oh. I must say, uh, there are more of them, but there's still a majority are, are nice children. Oh, but good. these naughty children are, uh, I think, are getting that way from the schools. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you political, Santa? Do you vote uh, Republican or Democrat? Do you vote at all? I mean, what? what is your... Do well, pe- the North Pole, we don't have any uh, any regular government. I'm the government of the North Pole, so <laughs> I don't vote. Or when I do vote, it works. I'm the one. Oh, you're the you're you're the dictator of the North Pole. <laughs> I, I run it like a, a firm with a firm hand. Okay. The elves sometimes are a little uppity, uh, but I have to make sure the elves are under under control. Well, good, good. And keep them working with their little hands, turning out toys for the little good girls and good boys. Well, good, good. Well, it's just amazing to me how you get around to to every home for little kids and bring them the presents and uh you know sometimes the kids put out uh, milk and uh cookies and hot chocolate for you I, I i imagine you appreciate that well i appreciate that the mrs claus is saying a little bit big around the waist santa <laughs> you had 12 million calories last night 12 million calories <laughs> 12 million that's a lot those calories I have to eat nothing for the rest of the year well you you have to rest up after all the work you have to do on Christmas Eve once just one day a year that you've got to deliver these toys that's that's amazing amazing. yeah yeah I I see these all these trucks as I'm zipping around the world uh, UPS FedEx and yeah, actually, they got nothing, nothing on me. <laughs> I can I do that in minutes, minutes. Well, great, Santa. Well, I, I know you're extremely busy um, on Christmas Eve, and, and you're about to take off in your in your sleigh. Uh, do you have any uh, final words for uh, all the, the kids that uh, might be listening tonight? Well, they, EPA has been a little down on me. They're claiming I shouldn't give the bad kids coal. So kids, uh, you're still gonna get the coal. I'm, I'm gonna call right. my own my own dictates. But be good, kids, and I'll be at your house sometime before morning. Thank you, Santa. We really appreciate your being on our show. Yeah, to taking the time to be on the Bill yeah. and Allison show for Santa Claus. That's a real feather in our cap, and we thank you for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, uh, happy to be. Uh, we listen to it in the North Pole. Would you be? Uh, 
you, you would be maybe surprised at that, but yeah. we actually get some radio, and your show <laughs> is one of our favorites. Well, thank all the you. elves, are, thank all you. the elves like it too. Oh, <laughs> well, put those milk and cookies out. <laughs> okay. Merry Merry Christmas! Ho ho ho! Ha ha ha! A great day. Oh, there he goes! There he goes! Santa! Bye-bye! Bye, Santa! Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let Earth receive her King. Well, Joy to the World wasn't even intended to be a Christmas carol. Its original version had no such link with Christmas. It wasn't even supposed to be a song. Isaac, uh, Isaac Watts' poem was an adaptation of Psalm 98, and uh, after a century, the second part of the verse was adopted to music, and it's one of the most celebrated Christmas carols of all time. While field and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love. That was was Nat Nat King Cole singing that. Joy to the world. There's a welcome mat at a Dollar Tree store in Teaneck, New Jersey. It said, Merry Christmas. M-A-R-R-Y. Oh, brother. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah. Brother. (laughs) And the the, the note says, on welcome mat holiday messages from the close but no cigar department. (laughs) Yeah, wow, wow. Well, uh. There's an anonymous wealthy businessman in Kansas City for the last 12 years. He hands out money to people who, he says, who look like they could use a little boost. He's anonymous. He won't let, tell anybody his name. But uh, he, he gets the help of uh, quite a few local police officers. Uh, and he goes around uh, Kansas City area and outlying towns as well. Hands out anywhere. Uh, he hands out $100 bills. And he hands out anywhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars each wow. Christmas. And that's still going on. Yep. Wow. Yep. He oh, looks nice. for people who who look sad. Okay. He says, "I I give them hope that maybe their life can be changed." So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. Yeah. Another story for you: Canadian airline WestJet delivered holiday cheer for two hundred and fifty passengers on a flight to Calgary recently. Uh, they they put a digital Santa Claus at the airport. Uh, where they were taking off from, asked passengers what they wanted for Christmas. And then when everyone was in the air, a bunch of um, over 100, West, almost 200 WestJet Airlines um, employees went to nearby stores uh, in Calgary where the plane was going to land. With the list, they bought everything the passengers asked for, from pairs of socks and underwear to big screen TVs. And then when the passengers arrived in Calgary, Everybody was given their dream gift at baggage claim. <laughs> Isn't that cool or what? That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. 9.38 is our Hill Country Patriot time. What you got, Allison? I don't know. 
Oh, you don't know? Okay. Well, I got, I got a lot. I'll tell you. I got a lot. Uh, the question, uh, well, a lot of people think, uh, we talked about mistletoe before, by the way. Uh, mistletoe means dung on a twig, D-U-N-G, from the uh, Anglo-Saxon. It spreads through bird droppings, so remember that next time you kiss under the mistletoe. Uh, but also on mistletoe, a lot of people think mistletoe berries are edible. They are not well, they're poisonous. Yeah, right? don't don't let your pet get near one. Uh, they are very poisonous, and uh, e- any part of the mistletoe plant is extremely dangerous. Uh, and make make sure kids can't uh, can't get to it. Hang it high if you're going to hang it at all. I don't. I think probably probably what you should do is get plastic mistletoe. That would be <laughs> really know. the thing to do. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it's. It's not something you want to probably hang, hang around your house, <laughs> hang around your house. Um, Jingle bells is a uh, very popular song. We don't, I don't think we have it on our board today, but everybody knows oh, the song. Yeah. Uh, it was actually written for Thanksgiving. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> uh, it was it was written by James Lord Pierpont, who was the uncle of John Pierpont Morgan, better known as J.P. Morgan, uh, for a Thanksgiving Sunday school program. And uh, only became popular as a Christmas song in the 1890s. What is that? Is that a noise I hear? Oh, oh that's, that's Santa. Santa's coming tonight. Santa's coming tonight on Christmas Eve. And this is for the Christmas Eve show with Bill and Allison. A little, a little lighter program for you today. I'll be home for Christmas. You will? Well, good. I hope, I hope you can be home for Christmas. As the song says, If Only in My Dreams. Very sweet song. Well, when we come back from our very short break, got some questions to, to answer for you. We're, we're going to be uh, be talking a lot about holiday wonderful things that people have done for the Christmas holiday, and uh, it's it's some of the sweetest things you you've ever heard. But I'm going to ask you to ponder this. What Christmas song is among Americans' most disliked song for Christmas? That'll be coming up right after this very, very short break. Yes, it's Christmas Eve with Bill and Allison at 944. I'm Allison. Chilly morning. Yes, you are, Allison. You're running the board over there and you're (laughs) You're keeping busy, that's yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, but Bill tries to talk to me, and I'm, I have to look at <laughs> yeah. every second on the clock. <laughs> you do. She counts the seconds. Oh, that's... What does that remind me of? There's a joke about uh, why I hate uh, meetings. It's because they uh, they waste hours and keep, <laughs> and keep minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I asked, I t- which Christmas song is Americans most disliked? You know, Allison? What would you guess? I think I saw it the other day, but I don't remember. Santa Baby. Oh, that's right. I know, people so I don't people think hate Santa I don't Baby. Think it's that, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I think it's, I sort, think it's great. sort of cute. Cute? <laughs> well, okay. I don't know about that. But uh, it's... Uh, I uh, promised uh, some more heartwarming stories about, about Christmas, and I've got another one. Uh Five-year-old Claire Koch, she used sign language during her kindergarten Christmas concert 
to make sure her deaf parents wouldn't miss out. Uh, her mother told a, a newspaper, Claire used sign language in the play because she was considerate of us and wanted us to understand the lyrics to the song. With her fingers, she signed Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Jingle Bells, and more. And she totally stole the show. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Christmas Eve. Okay. What a beautiful it, it's time. It's probably a little bit late for this, but do you know how much you should cut off if you have a live tree for, not? A, I mean, if you have a fresh tree mm. um, for, for Christmas, do you know how much you're supposed to cut off at the bottom? No, I have no idea. The National Christmas Tree Association says half an inch. Half an inch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, it's a little, the, 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 a little late for this year. <laughs> yeah. So remember, this, store that away for next year. Yeah, I mean, the, the point being that they've been cut for a while, and so they probably sort of dried up and sealed up. And that way, by by cutting a little bit off, uh, they're able to suck up water. Oh, okay. Well, that, well, yeah, that's that's the theory anyway, mm-hmm. right? That, that, mm-hmm. that, that I guess they do that. And mm-hmm. and we, we said earlier in the show, you shouldn't put any additives or right. anything in the water. Some people would fertilizer, bleach, whatever. You, right. No, just plain water, according to the mm-hmm. National Christmas Tree Experts. And, you know, some people's Christmas tradition is to decorate the tree on Christmas Eve. Decorate it in, on Christmas Eve? Yeah. And then take it down after Christmas Day? I, th- I, think, waste, I think traditionally you take your Christmas tree down on, on um, like, New Year's Day. Or at least that's, what, well, I've always, yeah, that's I, what I've always done. I guess so. I guess so. But, yeah, I, I can't ima- imagine. I mean, if you're going to have a, you know, go to all that trouble of decorating a Christmas tree, you think you'd want it up for a while. Mm-hmm. I would. To enjoy it. When we, uh, I remember a neighborhood we lived in, uh, somebody had a Christmas tree up in their window all year long. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten they, about that. They did. I'd forgotten all year long, that. they kept their Christmas tree up. i that. All year long. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm of two minds about that. I mean, that's, it's cool. To, you know, it's so depressing to take the ornaments off right. the tree. It and is. Take all the decorations down and everything. So I'm sure they thought, well, why, why should go through that? Just leave it up all year. But on the other hand, Christmas is special, you know. Exactly. And that, exactly. that kind of makes it an ordinary thing. Yeah. Well, not something that, that I would. Uh, why don't we play Oh Holy Night? We have Nat King Cole, uh, the marvelous version. What a, what a singer, Nat King Cole. And uh, Oh Holy Night uh, started in the uh, 1800s in France as a poem. Hmm. Uh, have you got it? Did you find it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a Jewish friend of the poet wrote the music. The song was sung in the church in France until the poet became a socialist and renounced Christianity. <laughs> so the church found out, and they they found out, well, number one, that he had renounced Christianity and then found out the lyricist was Jewish. <laughs> so the church banned the song. No kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> but the lesson is that you know, through a man who lost his faith and a Jewish man who composed the music, God's message can still shine through. Oh, holy night The stars are brightly shining It is the night Of the dear Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and error pine Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope 
the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices oh now was born Oh night Divine Oh night Oh night King Cole, beautiful song by it, a beautiful man with a beautiful voice. Nat yeah, isn't King that Cole, an amazing we, story behind it? Yes, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, amusing yet amazing, and then <laughs> seeing how God can, can use a, a socialist who renounced his faith in Christianity, who wrote the music, and mm-hmm. a Jewish man who wrote the lyrics, yet it's one of the greatest, most moving Christian ter- Christmas carols of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting what Harley was was saying um, during our during the, the commercials um, that Hitler hated Christians. I mean, we just we just assume that Hitler hated Jews. No, he hated Christians also. Absolutely. And He's, and and he essentially outlawed banned Christmas uh, in Germany while while he was in power. And he he replaced it. I, Harley mentioned it. we talked about this earlier in the show. He replaced. Uh, Christmas decorations with uh, little swastikas. Little, uh, yeah, put a swastika on the top of the tree instead of an angel or a star. And mm-hmm. little, uh, they had Christmas decorations, which are grenade lo- grenades and machine guns and things. I mean, mm-hmm. it was vile. But yeah, he Hitler was a uh, mystic. Uh, he was a, a, hmm. a, a leftist mystic, and uh, you know, Hitler was a leftist. I mean, you you scratch a socialist, mm-hmm. a communist, you find a fascist. Um, he he believed in uh, total government control of everything. Uh, so. And we, we we learned about about um, at the World War One Museum. We learned how Hitler came to power because the Germans were treated so badly in the Treaty of Versailles that um, Hitler came to power because the people were so upset with the way they'd been treated that they um, went along with him. Yeah. Um, and and we we have a friend, a Jewish friend, who grew up. Um, hating Germans, but he was 
surprised to learn that they're not all like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not all like Hitler. I got a question for you. Why are Christmas candy canes red and white in color? Do you know why? Why? Why don't you tell us? The white of the cane represents the purity of Jesus Christ. The red stripes are for the blood he shed when he died on the cross. That's how it, they originated. Hmm. Originated that. So... We are Bill and Allison, and we want to wish you a very, very merry, merry Christmas. Hope it's yes. very blessed. Hope the Lord blesses you throughout the season, but particularly on this wonderful day, Christmas, and, of course, coming up in New Year's. And we're on Hill Country Patriot, and you can listen to us at firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Anytime. Yeah, and uh, we're, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we can download our, our podcasts. You can uh, listen to our previous shows. Uh, you can... Uh, Oh, Santa's flying by. Uh, we love to have that. Uh, Perry Como did the night before Christmas, and uh, we wanted to leave that with you as our as our farewell for Christmas of our Christmas Eve show, our very special show, where we had Santa with us. By the way, and that was that was fun, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. It was. He was very jolly. He was. Oh, Jesus, other name Emmanuel uh-huh. in the Bible. Uh-huh. I don't know. Many people don't know what that means. It means God with us. That's what the angel said to, to Mary to, to name him, God with us. Uh, so we, that's that's a oh, there's a lot of meaning there, a lot of meaning. God with us indeed. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. <laughs> "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. "'The stockings all hung by the chimney with care "'in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. "'The children were nestled all safe in their beds "'while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. "'And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap "'had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came, as he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, now Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. 
His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings. Then turned with a jerk, and laying a finger alongside his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, "Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night." Hmm.